Okay. Oh my gosh, I can't believe this is the second to last. <laughs> I know. <laughs> you guys. I'm like a little bit in denial. Mhm. And it's it's I feel ridiculous because we've I've gone through this before. I know that the show is right. over. Right. <laughs> I've seen these. I've seen the end of the show. Yep. But I'm we still know. We know. <laughs> But because it's with the podcast, somehow it feels different. I don't know. It does. And I mean, you know, we're not going anywhere, so to speak. I mean, we're, you know, we're probably going to take a little break, but we have we'll a couple. will be gone of- forever. <laughs> <laughs> but we have a couple ideas for, you know, some little bonus episodes randomly while we're on a break. And, yeah. uh, you know, and then we'll figure out what Daisy we're doing next and all that good stuff. But yeah, it feels weird. I was just telling, um, our friend Corey mm-hmm. uh, this morning because she was posting clips from like episodes she's been watching and they're early, early episodes. And they're I'm like, super yeah. early. I'm like, man, you're making me really want to go back and like rewatch those because their chemistry is amazing throughout all of this, but there's oh, just yeah. like those like early episodes. Oh yeah. And oh my gosh, they're, I'm like, you're making me want to go back and rewatch. And she's like, well, you're, you know, quarantine gives you, you know, the time. And I'm like, that's true. And I said, and plus, we're almost done with the podcast as far as the show goes, as yeah. far as EA goes. And we won't have to be like diligently watching episodes and taking notes. So I'm like, that'll free up even more time. I was like, yeah. which is kind of bittersweet, but at the same time, it'll be kind of nice to just be able to sit and like watch random episodes whenever I want without having to like note take or figure out talking points. And yeah, and I've stuff. been, I've been, um, just steamrolling through DEK episodes. Yeah. And I'm, I, I like was texting Kristen last night with my whole game plan. Because mm-hmm. I have time to catch up with DEK because of the hiatus. Right. Because of COVID-19. And after I finish, I'm going to finally finish Joseph Ray Guzel. And then <laughs> I'm going to start. She's going to uh, start. Sia Bayazashk. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yep. That is. I'm very excited. Yes, I am too. I know you're now I have time. You do. (laughs) It's true. So yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited for finishing and like figuring out our new format and what we're going to do and watch, but it's also kind of bittersweet. So yeah. Okay. So question, do you have question of the week? Yes. So question of the week, uh, last week, what was question of the week last week? Uh, favorite song, right? Oh yes, yes, yes. I was like, I have all the stuff, but yeah. Um, yeah. So we asked you guys last week what your favorite song has been featured uh, throughout the entire series. And overwhelmingly, I think the first choice was I Tenly Kadin mm-hmm. <laughs> by Ufuk Bejimir. And I mean, that just, that song holds so much meaning and we see it a few times throughout the series. So I'm yeah. not surprised. Yeah. And then, uh, but some other ones were Deck of Cards, which of course, if you've listened to the episode, you know that one holds a very special place in my heart because I basically stalked the artist <laughs> and like messaged him to tell him like, hey, your song was on a Turkish TV show. He was super cool about it. Though. He was so nice. Well, and I think he was pretty excited because yeah. it was just a song he'd recorded for Sony. It wasn't attached to anything. Right. Uh, so, and he would have never known otherwise that it showed up on a Turkish television show had yeah. 
that all these random women are now searching for who's who's singing this song. Exactly. And because it wasn't anywhere, you couldn't find the song. And so, yeah, so he worked with his manager and got it put on Spotify and iTunes and all that. And it's like, I'll check it every now and again. And it's still like by far the most heavily played of his life (laughs) by by thousands and thousands. You're welcome, David Boone. (laughs) (laughs) Kind of true. So yeah, I was glad that that one showed up a few times too. And I think just that one, because we know the lyrics, because it's actually written in English. Right. I think think that helps. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, so that was the big one. Um, someone else said, uh, Hayal Ademizisin. Oh, I probably really butchered that by Fikri Karayel. And she said, it got me obsessed with the other songs on his entire album. I ended up doing a cover. Hmm. And I'm trying to think, I'm sure we've listed that song before. I just would have to look up which episode it was from. Cause I don't immediately recognize it by that title. Yeah. Um, and then of course I tenly Kadin. Mm-hmm. um, of course, both of, um, oh my gosh, why am I drawing a blank on his name? The one you love. Oh, uh, Tukan? Yes. Uh, his two Kirk, songs. Kirk a, that one is my favorite. That one's yours. Although funnily enough, I know that one's your favorite, but everyone else seemed to prefer LA Laik, the one that plays oh. in the truck. Yeah. I mean, they're both really good songs. Don't get me wrong. But my, the, my favorite is better. So yeah. <laughs> Well, I mean, it's, he confesses that he loves her, so. That's, yeah, there's just something about it that mm-hmm. that I love. It's the scene, it's the song, it's all of it put together that I just really love. Yes. And then, of course, there's Aleva Lev from Volume 40. Mm-hmm. Um, and then In In Filak by Gulben Ergen, which, again, I will have to look up. I can't yeah. recall from the top of my head which episode that's from. And then, of course, Kalina was like, I just can't choose. I love them all. But she did. But she says, I'm the one I'm drawn most to is Tepe Taklok by Jiren. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a good uh, one. It is a really good one. And I'm not even going to try to pronounce his last name because or her last name because <laughs> I'll butcher it. Um. You guys so, can yeah. see the replies on our social media. Yes. If you guys go on Twitter and Instagram, there's a lot of people who replied with their favorite songs. So, yeah. and it's a good, and a lot of them are really good about not just saying the song title, but like the artist too. So then you guys hmm. can go ahead and you guys can just copy and paste and then search them in Spotify or however you listen to music and add it to your favorite playlist. Yeah. So, um, and then, yeah. Um, other than that, I don't think there's much else housekeeping wise, unless you have anything. I don't. All right. Well, uh, we can dive in, but before we do, you guys, we have something a little different for you this week. Yes. (laughs) Yes. It's exciting because this episode is sponsored. We've never had that before. (laughs) We're very excited. (laughs) We're very excited. So we're going to tell you a little bit about, uh, online Turkish school.com who is sponsoring this episode. They are a new online destination for Turkish students of all levels to learn from a live instructor in the comfort of their own homes, which for everything we're going through right now is perfect. If you want to, if you want to channel your inner John Yaman and learn a new language while Mm -hmm. uh, staying at home, this may be the way to do it. Yep. So So, 
Mahmoud Tanberg is the chief instructor and an experienced teacher in language schools and online. He was born and raised in Turkey and was a human resources executive there before he moved to LA in 2017. He specializes in teaching practical, conversational Turkish, which is the kind that's used in daily life and in business. This will be the real Turkish you hear on the street, not the outdated material in some textbooks. Mm-hmm. Mahmoud teaches with the Istanbul accent, which is what we hear on TV in our DZs, um, and news programs, etc. It's the official dialect. And he's also happy to address any sort of cultural questions about cultural practices and customs and how people live in Turkey. He can help you with pronunciation, which I think we all need, <laughs> and, <Gosh>. especially, <laughs> and the ability to hear different Turkish sounds that might be challenging to a non-Turkish speaker. And he's well experienced in teaching a variety of levels from absolute beginner to advanced students who want to just increase their fluency. Online Turkish School is accepting new students at all levels, beginner, intermediate, and advanced, and also offers private lessons for individuals or small groups. There's also the option of a business Turkish course and an accelerated crash course. So if there's like a group of friends or some of your family, like you can actually reserve private lessons yeah. um, for the group of you. I think the group dynamic is a little more fun too. Yeah. Yeah. And bonus, he's watched a few episodes of her Kenji Kush. <laughs> Which we are always all about. So, so there we go. <laughs> yeah. So we'll um we'll have links in our episode notes. Yeah. And thank you, thank you, thank you to Online Turkish School for sponsoring us. Yes, we were so excited. We'll yeah. get that opportunity. So yeah, yeah, so check the episode notes, check our social media once this episode releases, and we'll we'll point you in the right direction how to get started. All right. Okay, so here we go, guys. <laughs> um this <laughs> this was a rough one. I know I said that last week too, but gosh, this just the more I watched it, the more I was like, what a waste of time. Like they wasted yeah. so much time. We- only have two episodes left. Mm-hmm. How dare they? How dare they? So uh, our has- our hashtag once again is not remotely applicable to <laughs> the things that happen inside of the episode, but it's hashtag Buke Beer Ashk, which guys, I did not need Google Translate oh for this. Gosh. It means a big love. And I then I write next to that, I wrote lies. Yeah. <laughs> And like like, it's like that scene in Legally Blonde where she throws the chocolates at the liar. (laughs) So true. It's one of my favorite movie scenes. Yeah. Oh my gosh, it's Uh, so applicable to this episode too. Yeah. Um. So I didn't even bother to look up the episode summary because this is what I wrote. I don't blame you. I wrote, this episode is a hot mess with not enough John M and way too much Melly Hot, way too much Salim, and way too much Bambi Wannabe. I put, oh, and we're exactly where we left, left off at the end of last episode by the end of this one. Yeah. What the heck, mm-hmm. writers? They took two hours and 16 minutes to basically leave us exactly where we were an episode ago. 
And honestly, at the beginning of this episode, I was like, oh, okay, awesome. We're, we're taking some strides. John is being really proactive right here. He seems to really be trying. And then it was like, by the end of the episode, that final scene, it was mm-hmm. like, why don't we take all of this progress and throw it right in the trash? Yep. I was like, I, I can't even understand why they would choose to do this. And again... Again, I'm sure we'll get deeper into this when we get to these specific parts, but this again felt like, I don't care if there were 10, 15, or 20 episodes left of the show where I don't understand what they were attempting to do. I really don't. I don't know either. And so especially knowing that there's only one left, I just... It's just salt in the wound mm -hmm. at this point. Yep. So you want to talk about the opening scene? Yeah, so... They're back at the rocks. Uh, It's that little scene where they're arguing, basically, right before the end of last episode. Um, And John is kind of telling Sanem, I wish you had waited. I listened to the whole conversation that he's talking about his conversation between him and Baba Aziz. Right. And Sanem is like, I heard enough. (laughs) Which I'm like, hey, you know. I don't blame her. You can't (laughs) blame her. Yeah. So, um. John kind of explains, he says, my dad told me that as long as I kept your hand, I could feel my love for you in my heart. And I think that he was right. And Sanam's like, oh, is that so? I wish you would have thought about this before your dad did. And she's, again, she's right. And it's, it's just that whole tough situation with the memory loss because you want him to be open to this relationship. Right. But you can also understand why Sanem would be really frustrated. Yeah. When she's doing everything she can for those couple episodes to jog his memory, yeah. to bring things back to the way they were. And he's just kind of being a jerk to her. Well, and it's, yeah, we thoroughly covered how it's like this wasn't just a guy who lost his memory he somehow turned into a jerk too which he never was before so it doesn't make sense but also like there's as much as yeah you can't he can't control that he lost his memory any more than she can but there's got to be something I I was thinking about this like a mad I can't imagine something traumatic happening Mm -hmm. and then Jason's completely fine except for the fact that he can't seem to remember any aspects of our life together. Mm-hmm. It would be really hard not to take that personally, even though my mind knows like this is not his fault. Right. It, he didn't do this to himself. You know, right. he didn't, he didn't cast a spell that made him forget just about me, but it would be really hard to separate that. Like, and realize this isn't his fault. And he's trying with like, okay, you must not want to remember me. Like, and that right. hurts. Right. So I get it. I get her frustration. It- well, and, and thinking even on, on the side of, you know, if we were the John in that situation mm-hmm. that I was thinking, like, if I were to suddenly forget my husband, if I were to get into an accident and forget the time that I was with my husband, I don't think I would wake up and not upon me meeting him quote mm-hmm. for the first time, mm-hmm. not be like, Oh my gosh, who's this guy? Like, <laughs> he's he's funny, or like you, uh-huh. all the same initial stuff that attracted me to him in the first place. I wouldn't foresee that not just automatically happening again, right? I feel like it would be 
you'd be back at the beginning where you're like, yeah, wow, there's something about this guy that I really like. Oh, he's cute and he's really mm-hmm. funny and all that kind of stuff. I, I just, so, so for him to have such a huge character switch mm-hmm. as far as personality just felt really improbable. But anyway, yeah. I feel like we've harped on that a lot. Yeah. So. So we just feel, we feel very strongly about that. We clearly. do, we do. So, Sanem basically goes back to the Mahale. Mm-hmm. She's right there anyway. The rocks are right yeah. by the Mahale, um, and she's like, "Hey, mom, dad, can I just stay the night with you?" Um, I think she's feeling a little vulnerable, and she just yeah. doesn't want to go home. She wants to be with her family. Well, and John lives on that same property right now, so it's like she probably just is like, "I need a breather. Like yeah. this is a lot." And I can't just go back and face him knowing these are all the things he's feeling. Right. Oh, I wanted to point out too. I said uh, in that scene before, I said, I love how John tells her what Baba said before, you know, before Baba left his ailing son and the love of his life. Hashtag not my Aziz. (laughs) Because he just wouldn't do that. I know. I agree. Anyhow. So she's in the Mahalo. She decides to chill at her parents for a while. Mm Mm-hmm. And of course they welcome her with open arms. Like, well, yeah, this is always your home. I mean, they're a little concerned, like, okay, what's going on? Because she's never wanted to come stay with us before, ever since she moved. Yeah. So Mevka Bay starts prying, of course. Of course. She yeah. starts asking about John. Niha is still whining about the tofu that JJ made him eat the last episode. Yeah. He's such a petulant child, this like entire episode. <laughs> it just drives me bonkers. Yeah. So all that's happening. Yeah. And, and John, John is, yeah, he goes to the doctor for a checkup and um the doctor i think they're basically doing a follow-up mri mm-hmm. cat scan that kind of a thing just to make sure that he's okay and the doctor tells him everything is clear all his tests look good um and then this was interesting mm-hmm. <laughs> i i kind of didn't know what to make of this i'll be honest uh-huh. because the doctor tells john that often it's up to the mind on what it will and won't remember and Mm. he basically kind of says that sometimes if something bad happens then your brain will just choose to not remember it Mm -hmm. so I was thinking okay I know that their relationship wasn't always sunshine and roses Mm -hmm. and they went through a lot together but is the implication here that their relationship was so traumatic that his brain is choosing to forget it? That's okay. That was what I initially thought after this scene. Okay. After he, in the next scene, when he talks with Emray, I feel like it becomes more clear what they were trying to convey. Okay. Um, because yeah, you know, the doctor tells him like, it sounds like it's psychological, you know, um, that maybe you just don't want to remember certain things deep down and, you know, your brain knows that, therefore it's not letting you. Right. Uh, now, how medically accurate that is or anything, I honestly right. don't know. Right. So, um, but assuming it's medically accurate for the show's sake. Okay. So moving on, John is at work later and Emre comes into the office and John's basically asking Emre like, okay, I need to know about what happened in that year that we were apart because, you know, he knows son M told him about the fact that they were apart for a year and things right. weren't great. Mm-hmm. So Emre dives in a little more about son M spending her time in the hospital and having to be medicated because she just had a breakdown. 
Um, she didn't know where he was, if he was alive, if he was ever coming back and it affected her. So in that scene, it feels like John sort of comes to the conclusion, like, oh, maybe I don't want to remember that because I inflicted so much pain upon her. Mm -hmm. Like that's like he, so basically I felt like it was like his guilt is what is him from remembering because now that he knows a little more about her hospital stay and the fact that he was kind of the cause of it by leaving, which Mm -hmm. of course we know really that all boils back down to Huma and idiot. But yeah, as far as John knows, he left and it really affected her. So I feel like kind of, he comes to this conclusion of that must be why I don't want to remember because I hurt her so much. And you know, if I loved her in this big, huge way that everyone keeps telling me that I did, I probably wouldn't want to remember the fact that like I inflicted this upon her. Cause even Emery emphasizes like, listen, there's no way you would want to forget this love. Like (laughs) the love you guys have is something unique and huge. And unlike anything you've ever had before, you wouldn't want to forget it. Believe me. So Emery was weirdly the voice of reason in this episode. He was. And then he tells, even tells him like, read the book. Yeah. Read the book she gave you. It will explain everything. Um, so that's sort of what I took to be what they were trying to convey. That makes like, sense. It must be the year she spent in the hospital that his brain is like, we don't want you to remember that because it was a terrible time. And you had such a hard time when you found that out the first time that she spent so much time in um, a hospital. So that makes sense. I must've just kind of, yeah, I must've missed that. So that's, I, I think that makes sense. Okay, so um, we have a quick switch over to dinner at the Idens. It's not. No. Nihat's just, just being dramatic about the food again. Yeah. And he can't control himself when he finally does get to eat his regular food. He just grabs at it like a three-year-old. Yeah. And then. Acting like a monster. <laughs> yep. And then Mev Kibbe basically is like, Layla, do some Sanem recon and figure out what's going on and report back to me. Yeah. So. The girls have a talk, which is good. Oh, and before we switch to the girl talk, um, John, we see that John is reading the fake uh, story that they feed to Fabre about their yes. meeting. Yes. So he's he's reading the book, which is great. Um, so awesome. And we switch over to the girls. And Sana basically tells Layla that she's afraid that John is going to use his memory as uh, an excuse to leave again. And Layla's just kind of encouraging her, like, Mm -hmm. I talked to Emray. He's not going to leave. Don't worry. He asked about your time at the hospital. She basically explains Mm -hmm. that whole conversation that we had already seen. Right. That he's feeling guilty. And Sanem is, she's just feeling conflicted because she's like, oh, poor John. And she's like, oh, you know, I'm, Mm -hmm. I'm saying all this stuff and. Um, Layla, I appreciate this because she's like, why don't you just give John some time? Which is fair. Yes. But, and she says, you know, even you said you were pushing him because Sanem gets defensive. Right. She's like, oh, so I'm the guilty one now. Yeah. And Layla's like, no, I mean, even you said that you were kind of pushing him and we think he's trying his best. You know, we get upset if we can't remember where we put our keys so how much more upset would he be missing an entire you know section of his his life life. yeah absolutely 
So um, I'm trying to remember how, where this even ends up. They're kind basically, of fighting. They are. Yeah. I mean, basically Layla's like, listen, I love you. I think you need to give him time. And Sunem's like, I wish everyone would understand that every minute he doesn't remember me feels like a day. And then every day he doesn't remember me feels like a year. Like the time doesn't pass the same for me when he can't even remember who we were. Right. Um, so you, you get more of her perspective and you know, Layla's like, I understand, you know, I mean, she doesn't understand cause she's not going through it, but she's understanding to Sunem's feelings and just basically said, you know, Sonam's like, I need to go to sleep. Would you shut the door and turn off the light? And she's yeah. like, okay, sister. You know, and it kind of just ends with her crying herself to sleep. It's yeah. sad. Yeah. So John is reading. You want to do this part? Yeah. He stayed up all night, you guys. It only took him losing his memory for him to <laughs> sit down and read the book in one sitting. <laughs> um, which I guess makes sense because it was so raw and painful when he could remember everything that it was hard for him to read it so he was taking it in small bits and because he's somewhat removed from the situation kind of it was easier for him to just devour the whole thing so he stayed up all night finishing the book and he calls someone once he finishes and is like hey I need your help don't tell anyone that I'm reaching out to you about this yeah he calls Duran okay see I wasn't sure if it was obvious right then yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. Cause so, you hear her voice too, right? You do, but I couldn't fully identify. So I was like, am I supposed to just know who this is by her voice? I mean, you know, when the plan goes into effect, it's clear that's who he called, but yeah, I wasn't I, sure. I'm pretty sure he says her name. He's okay. Like, he says like Duren. Yeah. Okay. Cause I wrote okay. that it was Duren. So, okay. <laughs> so yeah. So he basically, there's, he's got something up his sleeve that he needs Duren's help with. Yeah. And then I wrote, Nihat has a dream, but who cares? I literally fast forwarded through this entire scene. Yeah. It's um, useless. And then, so now we're at Fikri Harika later the that next morning. Day. Or the next day. Yeah. Yeah. They're having a team meeting. So they're sending Sanem. Okay. I, I had it. I was confused with the subs. Me too. Is she supposed to be finding a location for the shoot? So what I think is they have like a general location picked out, but they're like, we want you to find the actual like specific, like scout around that area and find where we're going to do the shoot for this campaign. That's how I took it because clearly they already had a location picked out because they're like, here's your hotel confirmation and here's this. So I'm like, they must have a general location. They just want her to pick out specific areas where they're going to shoot this commercial. Right. Which doesn't happen by the way. Yeah. (laughs) Nope. Sure doesn't. It's all a ruse. So yeah. It, they're basically getting her to this hotel so yes. that she can meet up with John. But did you notice when she checks in that the concierge is like, here's your room, room 309. And it was. I missed that. Oh, so I'm like, cute. Oh, uh-huh. Which is, if you, I'm sure you guys all know this, but in case you don't, room 309 is one of Demet's older DZs. So it was kind of like, just like when they had Farid Aslan, you know, a couple episodes back, that was a nod to one of John's characters. So I was like, how funny they gave her room 309 to kind of make a joke about one of her previous shows. Little Easter eggs. Yes. So yeah. So as she's checking in, she starts asking questions and then a voice from off camera says, Oh, don't worry. I'll show her around. Uh Uh-huh. I'll be your guide. Who's the voice? It's John. <laughs> and she's like, John? And he says, Divit. <laughs> yeah. 
at your service. Uh -huh. and, and I was like, oh, that's really cute. So, uh -huh. you know, this is all like ramping up to seem like a yes. great thing. So her inner voice starts taunting her. And John does a very John thing where he's just looking at her and looking up at where she's looking. And it's all very mm -hmm. cute because he's just taking it all in. He likes yeah. it. And he tells her that he was up all night reading the book. And <laughs> he that he couldn't stop. Mm -hmm. So, sorry. Um, no, that's okay. Lost my place. So, yeah, I put John's there too. Interesting. Oh, <laughs> Yeah, her head voice taunts her, all that good stuff. She kind of is like, yeah, I don't need your guidance. Like, yeah. I'm, you know, you're my boss. I'm your employee. This is the job I was assigned. I can take care of this myself. Mm -hmm. And he kind of, he finds it cute. They kind of ban, they're bantering back and forth. And I'm like, okay, we're like getting somewhere, yeah. you know? Um, and then I wrote in parentheses because of course I would notice this. I put, I think John's wearing the same pants that he wears in his E, uh, thank you video for thanking all of us to vote for him oh. on Instagram. And I was like, of course I would recognize a pair of his pants. Like, <laughs> like, like well, I, we, we have some repeat outfits this episode. We do. Huma. Uh, Duran. She's got Dur her little circus shirt. Yep. And like even Son M's wearing, um, that the hair, black. The uh-huh. And the hair tie that she wears a few episodes back when they're planning their boat trip. So yeah, we did have some repeats, yeah. which, you know, actually that doesn't ever bother me. Cause I'm like, that's real life. Like, oh yeah, you know what I mean? So I appreciate stuff like that. But yeah, I was like, I'm pretty sure he wears those same pants and shoes in his thank you video to us when he speaks <laughs> English for a minute straight. <laughs> and I was that's like, awesome. I should be ashamed that I recognized that, but also like not surprised. <laughs> That's funny. So, yeah. Yes. So, Sanem is being a brat to him, basically. She's like, I don't need yeah. your help. Mm -hmm. And she's like, <laughs> she was cracking me up because she's being sassy Sanem. She's mm -hmm. like marching off to her, to her room with her luggage that obviously is empty because she's like yeah. swinging it around like there's <laughs> nothing inside. It's like John with the pizza box all over again, but yeah. Sanem with her luggage. She's like marching off and she looks back at him and she whips her head back around. It's just super dramatic and funny. It is. And of course he's like, well, you might not need my help, but your room is actually the other way. So, yeah. so she's like, oh, so, you know, she kind of comes <laughs> off. And, but I, you know what? I also appreciated as to why she was standing her ground. Like, listen, leave me alone. I just want to be alone to do my job here yeah. that I was sent to do because, you know, her heart can't really take all this back and forth, like yeah. tug of war, you know, because one minute he's like, he's being right now kind of flirty and interested and trying, but then he, you know, it's this hot and cold and you know, she can't take it. So yeah, I understand her just being like, no, we're going to stick with cold because then at least that's consistent and I can handle it. Exactly. So then we find out something at the agency, right? Well, right before that, um, we, Sanem comes back out of her room after getting settled and she's in a bathing suit. She's headed to the beach. That's right. And then John has obviously been waiting <laughs> and he comes out and he's offering her a towel. He offers her sunscreen. Mm -hmm. He offers her sunburn or sun or sunblock. Yeah. And she's like, no, I have everything that I need. <laughs> and then basically she's like, Hey, can he's like, well, you know, what do you want? What do you need? And she's like, I want you to leave me alone. 
Yeah. And she walks away mm-hmm. and then he at he sees her walk away and he's like, "Oh, okay, you'll see." Uh-huh. And he does his little sassy face like he's all like, "Oh, okay, sure. You want me to leave you alone? I'll leave you alone." Yes, he does that a couple times. It's from it's from episode 19. It's the first time we really see it is episode 19. Yeah. When she makes her little commentary when she's staying in his guest room and he like shakes his head and is moving his lips like meh, 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 meh. Uh-huh. Like he does that a few times this episode and I loved it. <laughs> so now at Fikri Harika. Yes. So basically we find out it's just chaos. JJ's freaking out because they find out this other company, which is called Dream, apparently. That's their name. Yeah. Um, they're also an advertising agency and they're poaching clients, basically. Mm-hmm. Like and they, because they've got the finances to have celebrities in their commercials and things like that. So they're pulling clients from Fikri Harika. So, you know, and Fikri Harika, if you remember, is still fairly new because, it, you know, it, they just moved back into the office building. They're just building themselves back up. So they can't really afford to have clients taken left and right. Right. So chaos breaks out. JJ's freaking out. Everyone's just losing their dang minds. And you know what I thought was interesting here is... Now Layla and Emery are like, well, no, we can't bother John and Son M because this could be them reconnecting. But they could bother them an episode ago about a fake director when they were about to kiss at the cabin. Yeah. So I'm like, you, what? This would be actually the time to call and interrupt them. Like, hey, the business is in big trouble. Yeah. Like, anyways, I was just like, they. Yep. One thing I thought was funny about the scene is that JJ got it right on the nose and he's like, all this agency produces is people who gossip. <laughs> he's like, we don't actually yep. produce any work here. It's like, true. Well, <laughs> You're not no, wrong. Nobody works except for Duran. So. so then we get, we switch back over to the beach area and we have babe walk music playing. Uh-huh. And Sun M is swimming. Her head mm-hmm. voice is taunting her because she kind of keeps looking around and her head voice is like, what? Did you expect him to actually come after you after you <laughs> told him not to? And of course she's like, no, of course I didn't. I'm just, I'm scouting locations. And I met like, you know, she's reasoning with herself. Yeah. But a jet ski comes up. Yeah, she goes out for a swim and there, here comes a pirate mm-hmm. on a jet ski. Yep. <laughs> And I loved her commentary because <laughs> she saw uh, such a bear, a grizzly bear showing off. It's, and I mean, sometimes I wonder because at that point we're at the second to last episode, the online fandom was in full swing. We've very many of us have referred to him as a bear, a grizzly, a caveman, and all those references are made this episode. Yeah. So part of me was like, were they like throwing us a bone? Like, were they throwing the fandom a bone? Like, hey, we know exactly how you see John. Maybe they were. Yeah. But I love it because he goes a little alpha male here because he's like, hey, get on. We're going to go somewhere. And she's like, no, I'm fine. Like, I don't need, I don't need to go anywhere with you. And he's like, listen, there's an island over there. I think it would be, you know, we'll be alone. We can talk. We can figure this, you know, out this commercial stuff, whatever. And she's like, no. And he goes, he goes, get on because I can pull you on if I want to. <laughs> and I was like, oh. And then all of our pants lit on fire. Uh-huh. <laughs> so she does get on like, okay, fine. 
and they ride off towards this little island that's not far off. Yeah. So, so should we just kind of like mm-hmm. get through the whole Fikri Harika stuff? Yeah. Because basically we're, we're going back and forth between wonderful John M stuff mm-hmm. and ridiculous Fikri Harika. We've got mm-hmm. JJ and Muzo wandering the streets talking about plan A, B, C, and D. Right. We don't actually see them come up with any of those plans, no. but they're, they're discussing it at length. So, right. And then the whole Fikri Harika thing, they're all panicking and Layla decides to take charge. Yeah. Uh, don't even so get she, me started on her in this episode. I was like, mm-hmm. can I La- just Laylene? slap her in the you face? La- you mean Laylene? <laughs> That's what I started calling well, her. And it was very purposeful that they were making mm-hmm. her act like Eileen because yeah. she Jiren has- ends up saying something about it. Yeah. And Emre is like, oh yeah, I thought the same thing. Mm-hmm. And after she does all this crap, which mm-hmm. we'll cover, after she does all this crap, then later that night at the end of the episode, she's like, I'm sorry. And Emery's like, it's fine. <laughs> and that, because, then it's over. Because of course. It's like, what? Yeah, let's Why? only let's only touch on that for three minutes, but let's give Melly Hot like half the episode. <sighs> so oh. Layla comes in and gives this kind of aggressive pep talk. And she's reminding them of a specific campaign where they, I assume it just, it was a really good campaign that got them a lot of business or something. Cause she's like, do you guys remember the toilet paper campaign? Do you this, you that, which I thought was so ironic considering the time we're living in. Yeah. Cause JJ holds up this roll of toilet paper and I'm like, Hey, that's like worth its weight in gold right now. <laughs> so anyhow, it's just, and she kind of storms off after giving her pep talk. Cause she's like all motivated and whatever. And it's just weird. So weird. that happens. And then um, this is where we kind of dive into, should we talk about the Melly Hot stuff too? Because a lot of that's about to come up. That's fine. We can basically say it in like two seconds because mm-hmm. Melly Hot apparently gets an inheritance. Her brother writes her, is that, or she, she gets well, something from a lawyer. She gets something from a lawyer or seemingly from a lawyer, she gets some type of official document she has to sign for. And an old family friend who would visit and was very close with her parents has passed away. Right. And she's left her fortune to Melly Hot and her siblings. Right. Um, and Melly Hot's like, wow, I didn't realize like we were that special to her. You know, she's right. got her own kids, but wow, I like, it's cool. So yeah. she's going to be a rich woman. Yeah. And starts spending all of her money she hasn't gotten yet. She's buying baklava for people. She's handing out uh, donuts to the mahalo. Right, toys for the kids to the children. Yes, she's and she kind of go ahead. No, go ahead. I was just saying she kind of gets this haughty attitude too, where it's like, oh, I'm going to be this woman of means, and like so starts to kind of get this better than you attitude. Yeah, Um, and then you know she has to send money. Her brother's like, hey, we're getting this stuff all organized. Like, we're going to get a lawyer to sort through all this. So I need help with the legal fees. So she sends him her portion of what would be the legal fees for the lawyer to deal with all this stuff. And there's so much of this, you guys. Yeah. Um, but basically, and, it ends up being a scam. Yes. So she sent all this money and it's there's it's useless because there's no inheritance. No, nope. her at the very end of the episode, we find out her brother tricked them. Yeah. It was some kind of a scam. Yeah. To get money to steal money from his two sisters. Exactly. 
So, and it worked because he got the money yep. and now Melly had his poor again. And then Salim yeah. was going to go after her because he heard that she got an inheritance. Because we also- just a gold digger. Yep. We find out that he's just a gold digger first by he's at dinner with Huma and quote, forgets his wallet. So that's your right. first- like idea something's not right and then as the episode goes on you realize he's got some love in another country who he's just trying to scam other people so that he can bring money back home to her so yeah. he's just part of a big scamming whatever yeah, he, he's just oh. a con artist yeah yes. it's the gold digging con artist right and so, so he goes after Melly hot which ruins his chances with huma it's just a whole it's it's pretty useless yeah. honestly it's completely useless you guys because by the end of this, when he's been found out, he just run, he's run out of town basically yeah. because he wants to escape all of it. And Mirabon's like, I'm going to kill him. Like, cause he was someone she was close to for so long. She's loaned him mm-hmm. money, but yeah. And then nothing, nothing comes of it ever again. Yeah, Other than that's it. the only good that comes of it is that Huma's so humiliated that she's going to move to Austria for the time being. Australia. So, oh, I, I thought mine, was, mine said Australia. Oh, okay. Mine said Austria. How funny. <laughs> So she's leaving Turkey. Yeah. Um, and Huma's gone after this episode because she's just yeah. so humiliated. So yeah, that's that storyline. Yep. And honestly, all of that takes up over half of the episode. Oh, it's it does. Insane. Yeah. So. so the whole Layla thing is basically she finds out that one of their old, one of her old coworkers mm-hmm. who worked at Victory Harika works for this dream agency. Right. I so feel like she's like the Duren of that agency is what I understood, like some creative director or something like that. Yeah, she seems to be high up in the agency mm-hmm. and they're a newer agency and there's a lot of hype around them and um, yeah, they're doing really well. So right. basically Layla does an Eileen and she finds where the girl is at. She fake accidentally bumps her car so that she can be like, oh, Oh my gosh, it's you. I can't believe this. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to look up the girl's name. It's like Icel? Icel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So she, go ahead. Oh, I was say, she just winds up inviting her to coffee. Like, oh, how, you know, what a coincidence that I happened to get in this little accident with you and let's have coffee. And the girl's kind of like, I'm really busy with work. I don't think I really have time. And she, Layla keeps pushing. So they go to have coffee to catch up. Icel is really just trying to catch up with her regarding life like it's been so long and Layla is just being super pushy asking about her work and the agency and basically she catches on pretty quickly and she's like yeah "Yeah, I have a feeling that accident wasn't even an accident you did this on purpose you're just trying to glean information from me I'm out of here and she gets on out like yeah I can't believe this and Layla's pissed like that it didn't work yeah so does she stop there Kristen and let it go nope what does she do, Ashley? She, she's basically stalking her on social media later. Mm-hmm. And she had overheard her on the phone when Isol was walking through whatever bu- building she was in. Mm-hmm. And Layla is like, oh, maybe she's cheating on her husband. And she decides to follow her to whatever restaurant or club she's at because, mm-hmm. I don't know, she, she must have posted on social media. Yeah. And she's like, oh, Emre, let's go out and spend some time together. But she's just using him as a pawn mm-hmm. because apparently that's what Emery is attracted to. And mm-hmm. they show up at this place. She sees him with another, she sees, Layla sees Icel with another man and takes pictures. 
mm-hmm. because she's being a spy and being Eileen. Yep. And, yep. and this then, is all while Emre's in the bathroom. So he, do, he still doesn't understand that they're not actually there to have a nice dinner together. Yeah. He's totally clueless. Yep. So she follows Isel to the bathroom and basically is like, I'm blackmailing you. I have pictures of you with this guy. What if I send that to your husband? If you don't want me to do that, give me your presentation for women art cosmetics. And now this woman's out on a date with whoever she's cheating on her husband with. Yeah. And I just love that she just so happens to carry the flash drive <laughs> in her purse with her for work. Like, uh-huh. she's like, fine, here it is. And hands it to her. And you know, you she, don't carry your work with you wherever you go, Kristen. <laughs> well, especially not something that's supposed to be that confidential and like secretive, you know, right. because you don't just want anyone getting their hands on that. So I just thought that's ironic. And then, you know, she calls Layla out, like, you know, I, I kind of hate, I kind of hate that she keeps comparing her to Duren though. Cause she's like, right. You know, like Duren would do something like this, but you're even worse. Like, yeah, it's kind of like. No, I mean, yeah, Duran was, it has always been an aggressive worker, but she's never been a cheat or a liar. Right. So yeah. it just kind of bugged me that they were using Duran as like, oh, I expect this from Duran, but even you're worse than her. Yeah. So anyways, she just basically is like, does your husband know that you're doing this? Like, does your husband know you're blackmailing me for the company? Yeah. And he doesn't. So no. she kind of gives her a little moral rep, you know, reprehend, reprimand. There you go. Sorry. Uh, I could not say the word. Um, and yeah, and then that's it. So then Layla's like, okay, I don't want to be here anymore. Emre, I decided I don't want to eat here. It's very confusing. Cause he's like, you're the one that wanted to come here. She's like, yeah. I'm just not feeling it. Let's go. And, and they he's like, oh, is that I sell? And she's like, nope, nope, let's go. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So she ends up getting that. And then late the next day, she shows everybody at Fikri Harika mm-hmm. and they're like, how did you get this information? And she's like, don't ask. Yeah. And then I love it. Cause we finally get like a, another inkling of John as we know him. Cause he's like, wait a minute. This is like their entire, excuse me. This is their entire presentation. Yeah. I don't want to look at any more of this. This is wrong. We just need to focus on coming up with our own good campaign. Yeah. And, and everybody agrees with him. Yes. Nobody wants to keep looking at it. He's like, I feel like I've already seen too much. This isn't right. Yep. And, and shuts it. So then right. Layla gets all mad. Cause she's like, well, even if you guys didn't look at it, I looked at the whole thing and I know what it is and blah, blah, blah. Like, it's just so crazy. And then she winds up in Emory's office later and Emory's like, babe, what's going on? Yeah. Why are you acting like this? Why are you doing this? This isn't like you. And she's like, I didn't just do it for me. I'm doing it to save the company and I'm doing it for John and I'm doing it for you. And I did what needed to be done, blah, blah, blah. And Duran walks in in the middle of that just before Layla storms out. And that's yeah. where Duran looks at Emre and she says, Emre, I really thought I was listening to Eileen go off in here. And he's yeah. like, yeah, me too. Yeah. So, so that's all of that. It all gets wiped under the table mm-hmm. or swept yeah. under the table, under the rug at, by the end of it, because she and Emery have a moment where she's like, I'm really sorry. And he's like, mm-hmm. it's okay. I love you. And then uh-huh. that's it. It's over. Yep. 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 <laughs> so again, I don't know what the point of that whole side storyline, if she wasn't going to continue being like Eileen all the way through it, like, ugh, there's just so much that I'm like, this is anyways. Um, so now let's get to the good stuff. Yes. John M. Yes. So where did we leave off? 
So they get to the island. Okay. And they're – so because um, remember, he basically was like, get on the jet ski I'll put you on the jet ski. <laughs> and I, I would have been like, I want to see you put me on the jet ski. But, so they <laughs> – that's a that's the difference between me and Kristen. I would have said okay, and Kristen's like, "Oh, you want to put me on a jet ski? Put me on a jet ski." <laughs> so true. Oh my gosh! So they, they arrived to this little island. It's like a private island, and um, I said, "There's kind of like some flirty sandcastle time." She's kind of uh-huh. looking around, kind of scouting it as a location, and he's like. Um, he starts talking to her and she's like, you know what? I used to love building sand castles as a kid. And he's like, well, then let's build them right now. Like, you know, he wants to, he's, he's trying, he wants to spend time with her and he wants yeah. to do the things that she wants to do. Um, and I love that. Then he kind of points out that one good thing about losing his memory is that he's starting to understand why he fell in love with her. Yeah. And so, he, gets, he gets to get to know her again. Right. It's like, and she's like, okay, but cause she kind of says like, why is that a good thing though? And he's like, because like, like you said, I, I get to, I get to get to know you all over again. Yeah. Um, and it leads to a very cute moment because he kind of strokes her face and he, he's like ready to kiss her. Yeah. He is pulling her in for a kiss. Sanem is actually the one who stops it. Yeah. And basically is like, we should get going. It's getting dark. It's this. And um, and part of me is like, okay, I get it because again, she's like, you still don't know who I am though. And I right. think part of her is trying to preserve her heart. Like what if he does kiss me? And then he's like, yep, nope, still not in my heart. Don't want to do that again. Yeah. Bye. So, <laughs> yeah. So she's trying to protect herself and it sucks because he's like, crap, I'm trying, but she's kind of holding me at arm's length because she doesn't trust that I'm going to fall in love with her again. Right. So So John, (laughs) so he's like, okay, well, sure. That's fine. We can get going. He walks (laughs) over to the jet ski and he's like, oh no, the jet ski is broken. (laughs) We haven't lost that part of him either because he sabotaged his boat (laughs) for her. He's sabotaging the jet ski. And I love it because I put, I put, yeah, John breaks the jet, breaks the jet ski. Oops, we're stuck. We they have kind to of stay the night. <laughs> they kind of argue and banter back and forth because she's like, "What do you mean we have to stay the night? There's nothing here. Where am I going to sleep? What are we going to do?" And he's kind of amused at her craziness uh-huh. and how she's acting. And so, son, and he's like, "Listen, like, oh, I'm going to get the stuff to build a shelter or build an area for us to sleep. Like, you worry about fishing and getting us food for the night." Well, first he says he's going to go for help. Oh, because he's. She's like. She's like. You have to. One of us has to go for help. Like, we're gonna. We can just swim over back to the beach. Yeah, <laughs> which is totally illogical. Right. So apparently John goes to get help, mm-hmm. and he's. But we cut to the next scene, and he's like hiding behind this rock, mm-hmm. just watching her. She's babbling to herself and talking to herself, and yeah. she's just like, she's like, yeah, she's just going on and on about him and craziness and all the stuff. And he's just totally amused by it because she's just, her insanity is showing and he's, you know, it, it's endearing her to him. Yeah. So he's like, he, he comes out from his little Mm -hmm. hidey hole and he's like, he's like, she's like, I thought you were going for help. Why are you back so soon? He's like, ah, 
you know, I got really tired. Yep. <laughs> so. And that's when they start arguing about staying versus looking for help. You're right. Okay. Yes. So she's like, fine, I'll go. I'll go find help. I'll just swim back to the coast. And then he does a caveman and yep. picks her up. <laughs> and then because of that, mm-hmm. because of the caveman pickup, he gets a flashback. Yes. We flash back to 33, 34-ish um, when he grabs her after that cooking class. Mm-hmm. And she's going off on him and he throws her over his shoulder and whisks her off to a private getaway, yep. much like this one, only it's in the snow. And he stops for a minute. So then, of course, she's like, John? Mm-hmm. And he's like, he says something like about having done this before. And she's like, wait, do you remember? And he's like, no, I'm recalling it from the book. Yeah. So he still doesn't admit it to her, which, again, part of me is like, I get it. He probably doesn't want to get her hopes up that he's getting these little, like, flashes. Right. Because they're not whole chunks or whole pieces. Right. Um, so it's frustrating, but again, hopeful because at this point in the episode, I'm like, okay, like by the end, all of his memories are going to come flooding back. That sure seems to be the implication. Which is what should have happened. Mm-hmm. So, so now uh, it's time to set up camp. And yes, he puts her in charge of getting fish and she's mm-hmm. being ridiculous in the water, of course. <laughs> she's like just flopping around like a fish <laughs> with the fishing net. And he's totally amused by it as he's like piling up something to make like a makeshift bed yeah and so she so they're they're kind of working and Uh on mc's this bed that he's making and she's like okay where am i gonna sleep and he's like right here and part of me i'm like you know good for you girl because she's like no i can't sleep next to a man who doesn't love me yep and, you know, I can't blame her. Well, and I think she used his specific words. Like, like I think I can't sleep with a man who doesn't have me in his heart or who yeah. doesn't remember me in his heart, something like yeah. that. Um, and he's like, you know, I wish I could rip out my tongue so that I could have never said that. Yes. Because <laughs> she keeps bringing it up. Yeah. And that's mm-hmm. what turned everything really sour between them. Right. So he's not thrilled. Nope. So... They, but she did catch a few fish and he's like very proud of her. He's like, bravo. I knew I could trust you to do it. Like, Uh so they're eating their fish later. That's being cooked. There's a little bit of flirtiness. John's like wiping stuff off her mouth. And, um, she asks for water Uh and he's like, and he's like, okay, here you go. But be careful because we don't have a lot of this left. And he's like, instead wait he goes and runs to the jet ski and magically produces a bottle of wine with two glasses <laughs> and what luck <laughs> what luck and of course son m does her whole song and dance about she can only have one glass which Doesn't every time agree she, with her right which every time she says she should only have one glass it's pretty much a guarantee that we know she's going to have much more than one glass yeah so they're having a fireside chat and mm-hmm. Sanem finally pours herself a glass of wine <laughs> and she basically asks John, okay, so what book, what part of the book was your favorite? And he was like, well, I don't know that I could pick one part. So she's like, okay, just tell me one part that you remember then. Mm-hmm. Just off the top like, of your head. The first thing that comes into your mind. Yeah. He's like, well, I think the part when you realized I was albatross at the opera 
mm-hmm. and how your heart, you said your heart was beating out of your chest and you couldn't feel your body. And uh, so Sanem is listening to this and she pours herself another glass. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's kind of it, right? For that scene. Yeah, she pours it and um, we just basically get the idea that she's having far more than the one glass that she has sworn to have. So um, then we wake up and it's the next morning. So we're like, well, okay, we didn't even see what happened the rest of that night. Yeah, it's kind of a weird cut. You're like, oh, suddenly it's the next morning. Okay, but... but yes, they wake up all snuggled up. John wakes up first. So he's like playing with her hair while oh, she sleeps next to him. Some good snugs, you guys. Yes. And Sanem wakes up like, wait a minute. Why am I asleep right here? I don't remember last night. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, John starts to explain what happened. That he does. He's like, um, well, because she's like, she wakes up not remembering the night, the previous night's events, which I said is very ironic. Mm-hmm. Um, so John's like, well, let me tell you, you danced around and then fell asleep next to me, which yeah. that was putting it. That was a very mild summary <laughs> because first of all, she did get up and dance around. All that wine was making her want to move around. Yeah. So she starts dancing in a very Sun M way, being all crazy, <laughs> kind of trying She's to like get looking at him. Yeah. Kind of being loud. And yes. Trying to get his attention because she thinks he's asleep, but he's not. So every time she's not facing him, he peek, he sneaks a peek at what uh-huh. she's doing and he's totally entertained by it. She finally gets fed up and goes and like wakes him up. Yeah. And she's like, there's a water buffalo out there. Like, <laughs> oh, see, my my translation said Jaws. So I didn't, or John, uh, Jaws is here. <laughs> which got, got makes, like a fin. Yes, which makes way more sense. Mine said she was shouting that there was a water buffalo and she needed his help. And then he, so he, quote, wakes up uh-huh. and she's like, come here, I want to dance with you. <laughs> so then they kind of dance together. And then he goes, and then you fall asleep against my shoulder and that's it. So I am like, I don't buy it. She's like, I'm going to go rinse off in the ocean. So as she trots off and jumps in the water, then we get his memory recollection of really what happened last night, which all that stuff did happen. He just left out a few details. Right. Because they start dancing and they kind of slowing down and truthful Sanem comes out Mm -hmm. and she admits to him that she was so scared that he would die in the accident. Yep. He's like, after you left, I was hospitalized, but I either knew that you'd come back or I could feel it. Like, basically, like, I knew you weren't dead because mm-hmm. if you were dead, I would have felt it. Yeah. Um, and I had to pull myself together quickly because what if you really left? What if you turned into a silent ship? I don't even care that you don't remember me sometimes or if we date or not. You didn't die in that accident, John, and that's all I could ask for. Yeah. And then she's like, Please don't remind me what I said tomorrow. <laughs> yep. And they have a very tender moment. He hugs, she hugs him. Yeah. You can see in his eyes, like that, what she said really affected him. Yeah. Um, and so now this would have been the ideal part to dispense of all of this memory loss crap. Yep. Because this would have been like a true example of her 
sacrificial love, if you want to call it. Like at this point, she's like, I'm just trying to be happy that you're here because I would rather have you alive and here and not remember me than to have lost you like in the accident. Yeah. And using the dance or the hug mm -hmm. as a gateway, a trigger, trigger, yep. To open his memory back up and for him to remember all that stuff. Yep. And then it's like, wow, it's the next morning and Mm -hmm. he's realized he remembers everything and now they're going to be happily, happily ever after. But it's, Mm -hmm. that isn't what happens. But that's not what happens you guys. Cause these writers are like addicted to this stinking memory loss. So, um, he magically fixes the jet ski. It's a miracle. And Sun M's like, wow, well, either you or the jet ski must have known we were going to get stranded because, huh, there was a blanket, there was wine, there was glasses. So she kind of calls him out. Like, yeah, I know what you did. They head back, but nothing is actually accomplished. Like they didn't actually scout locations. Um, they're not really any further along in their relationship. I mean, yeah, some things were revealed, but we don't get any sense of like, okay, now he's like really in love with her and, or he remembers more. No. Yeah. So, um, so they're back and they're kind of reconnecting with the real world and they realize everybody's been panicking. Right. So they get back to the agency and Mm -hmm. they basically figure out what's been happening. They find out how far behind they are in comparison to the dream agency. Mm-hmm. And essentially they have to hatch up a new plan. Right. And Sun M's idea is to rather than come up with an idea, why don't they just do like a practice and right. basically have the ad ready for them to see um, mm-hmm. as like, Hey, this is our, you know, our first run or like, here's remember. a, like, here's a demo. Of- demo thank mm-hmm. you. I'm like, I know they use a specific word. Yeah, she's like, basically, let's film a demo version of this ad so at least they have a visual of what we're planning to do. Yes. Um, and then Aicha shows back up basically to say, like, hey, I know how my uncle's feeling and we're looking at this company. I'm on your side. I want you guys to get it. But, um, you know, I'm just giving you a heads up. You're going to have to really blow him away. Mm-hmm. So, and of course, it's, she's also there to serve purpose of making Sunim jealous. Well, and she comes in right as John and Sanem are kind of starting to get cuddly. Right. And it's like, of course, that's when Aicha comes. Right. So, um, and then this is when all the Layla stuff happens that we already covered. Right. With the whole other creative director. Then Aicha, like, kind of before she leaves, the office is like, um, John, we're going to, my friends and I are going to go on a mountain climbing trip. You should come. And he's like, oh, that sounds like a great getaway. Yeah. And then she's like, okay, see ya. And then Sanem's like, um, wait, what? And he's like, well, she's like, you're going to go again? And he's like, yeah, but you'll come with me. And she's like, um, okay, which I kind of understand her being like, okay, not great, but like a little confused by it. Right. And she's like, I don't know how to do any of that stuff. And he's like, oh, it's easy. You'll learn quickly, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So, ooh, sorry, guys. <laughs> sorry, that was me. That's all right. I did that the other day when I was recording with Broad. It's like I totally smacked my microphone. Um, anyhow, so um, you know, Sanem basically decides that she's going to be an employee now. Like, I'm the employee, John's my boss, I'm gonna work on these campaign ideas. She brings him um these campaign ideas and 
she's being very formal, which John's like, wait, we're back to this again. You're being yeah. formal with me. And she's like, yeah, I'm the, an employee. I'm working on this campaign. I want to show my boss the ideas because again, she gets the feeling that she's going to kind of lose him if he's already like so excited about this possible trip to go on with Aisha and Aisha and her buddies. Mm-hmm. So she's kind of putting a wall up and John shuts the door and is like, listen, I, I can't focus if I know that you're upset and there's something going on between us, like something is happening. So just tell me what's on your mind. And then of course she brings up Aicha's invitation and that's right. when he tells her like, but you'll come with me, blah, blah, blah. They kind of start to have a talk about it, but then Duran walks in and interrupts them. Yeah. Um, and then, um, I don't really remember what Duran says. It's just probably something about the campaign though. And then we, it, we cut to later that night after work. Sanem's back at the farm. Right. And she and Mirabon are just a couple of sad, deviantless div- women. Yeah. And so they decide to have a girls' night because Sanem's yes. like, yeah, men are of no use. Girls are the best. <laughs> yeah. So, so uh, later on, the girls have been drinking and they're mm-hmm. singing together and <laughs> they're enjoying their wine. And John walks in. Yeah. And so Sanem, this part was so funny because Sanem basically just keeps trolling him. She's like, uh-huh. men aren't allowed. <laughs> no boys are allowed here. This is a girl's night. And she's like, uh, well, he tells her, oh, I can see, basically he sees how much wine they've had. And he's like, oh, I can see you're not going to remember a portion of tonight. And she's like, oh, remembering. Oh, that's funny. Coming from the holy one of not remembering. <laughs> And she says, says, you're the best at forgetting. And she's like, some people get Alzheimer's, but you get Ashkimer's. (laughs) I was like, that is so much better in Turkish than it is in English. So true. Because it would not have been as funny because it would have been Loveheimer's. Yeah. Yeah. But Alzheimer's to Ashkimer's is so funny. So good. And he looks all disheveled and handsome. Like, yeah. he looks like he just woke up from a nap. Yeah. But he basically is like, okay, I'll leave you to your girls night. Uh, <laughs> you guys have fun. And he kind of trots off and they keep singing. They're just having a good old carefree time. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. So, um, yeah, the next day is when so the, the, next the files are revealed um and Sunem winds up this is when she comes up with the idea for the demo that you mentioned right. like okay I have an idea so then so we have a uh th- there's an interesting scene where John comes and he's mm-hmm. like Sunem who did you make the creams for mm-hmm. and I'm assuming the answer to that is him or well, is it herself like, no, she's kind of acting weird about it. She is. But because remember, this isn't like her scent or anything like that. This is like these face creams. Right. So I think it's actually a truthful answer. Okay. Because she says, you know, it was for my mom. She wanted her skin to look younger and she, you know, wanted to stay attractive and all okay. this stuff, basically. Her and reaction so, just seemed weird. It was like, I agree. couldn't think of an answer so it felt like she was lying that's what i know i thought that too but then i was like well but she does wind up 
that does wind up making sense because then John's like, okay, well that gives me the idea of how we should run this campaign. We should basically regular women, not these celebrities, because we're going to reach a bigger audience by using women that in the commercial that other women can actually identify with. Like, Hey, I wanted to keep my skin clear and youthful looking. Um, and this is how I did it. And it's working for regular women, not these celebrities who have teams of people to keep them glamorous. Right. So that's where the whole idea is hatched. So I took it as like, okay, it actually was a truthful answer. I'm not really sure why it came out the way it did. Yeah. Uh, So kind of the rest of that whole chunk of the episode is them going to the Mahale. Mm -hmm. They get the Mahale women to be in the commercial. Yeah. They trick Huma into coming Mm -hmm. so that she would get jealous and basically, because before Mevkabe had said no, she didn't want to be yeah. in the commercial, and they basically use Huma to mm-hmm. reverse her. psychology her. Exactly. Like, oh, it's good you're not going to be in it. You wouldn't be good at it anyways. It wouldn't be believable. So then Mevkabe's like, I am going to be in the commercial. <laughs> yeah. So, and that's where Salim and Meliot connect, and he decides right. he's going to woo her into giving him all of her money. Yes. So um, they basically spend the day. Mm-hmm. not doing anything yep and and then they're it's just, shoot day yep it's just setting up for the commercial and then they're actually finally shooting the commercial and this is when Aicha and her uncle show up yeah so they can see a demo of like and the idea of what's going to happen he ends up actually really liking it yes um which is cool he's like you know we still need to I still am going to look at the other agencies but I'm pretty I'm pretty happy with what I've seen here like this will right. reach a good audience. Yeah. Um, anyways, then I, at first I thought, okay, we're going to have like a nice little truce and good moment because I just like, son M, can I talk to you? And she pulls out the book and is yeah. like, will you sign my book? And son M's As like a fan. I read it in one sitting because I loved it so much. Yep. And son M's like, okay, wow. But then she's like, I think I, what I loved so much is just how crazy it was to me that people from two completely different worlds would share such a love. But she says it in such a condescending way that it's like basically unbelievable that the two of them shared this, like because she and John are so different and it's ugly and gross and I don't like it. Yeah. Yep. So they, they do the shoot and Mm -hmm. then everything comes out about Salim being Mm -hmm. a lying scumbag. Huma is uh, degraded humiliated. and humiliated mm-hmm. and she's decides to leave. Bye-bye. I wish your, you know, her leaving would have been even worse for her, but whatever. Yes. Because again, we get someone who got to take off without really any consequences for their horrendous actions since yep. they've shown up in the show 30 episodes ago. Yeah. So Salim is gone. We realize the inheritance was a fake. And then it's basically that evening, mm-hmm. Sanem and Nirbhan are having some chai. Mm-hmm. And um, Sanem is like, well, I feel like last night maybe we were a little rude to him, <laughs> kicking him out the way that we did. Mm-hmm. And Mirabon basically is like, hey, look, why don't you just take him this chai and then you guys can talk? Yes. It'll be a prime opportunity. You can apologize if you want to. You can kind of make peace. Yeah. And then you guys can get some stuff worked out. And so I'm yeah. like, okay, awesome. Mm-hmm. I'll do that. So then we come to the biggest letdown mm-hmm. of this entire episode. And again, so out of character for what seemed to be building. After all of the progress, yep. he 
faked the jet ski being broken right. so that they could spend the evening together. Mm-hmm. And then she walks into a situation where these strange jerks mm-hmm. tried to make fun of her. Right. Because she walks in to bring him the chai. He's not alone. He's hosting a bunch of people. One of them is Aicha. So you get the idea. This is Aicha and like her mountain climbing crew. And John's telling this like hilarious story from his travels. And he's like all into it and like just having a good old time. But this is the first time you really see him like laughing and carefree since Mm -hmm. everything happened. And it bothers me that it's happening with them. Yep. And it bothers on him too. She's like, Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't know I was interrupting anything. He's like, no, no, come, come. Like tries to include her and you know, and she's like, what are you guys talking about? And they're like, oh, the mountain climbing trip, Aicha again. And Sunem kind of makes a joke because they're talking about K2, a mountain, a mountain range that yeah. is out of the country. And she's like, oh, I don't know about K2. All I know is about K9s, like yeah. dogs. And this one, they're, they're laughing at her. And this one guy's like, is this girl serious? Like total jerks, which again, memory loss or not, John would not have let that stand. No, he would not have. He does because not like that's just rude. People, yep. He does not like seeing people mistreated nope. or anything. So whether it was Sanem or not, he would not have stood for that. Yeah. So it bothers me that he just is like, oh, ha, ha, ha. And just all he does is explain to Sanem like what K2 is. Yeah. And then Aicha makes another remark because John's like, hey, does anybody object to Sanem coming with us on this mountain trip? And they're mm-hmm. like, no, of course not. And Aicha's like, yeah, she pipes in and she's like, well, no, that's fine, but she could only come with us up to a certain point, and then she'll have to wait at camp. Uh huh. Like, and then we'll circle oh, back. Okay, Aicha, mm-hmm. I'm glad and that then, you decided yeah. what Sanem is going to do and not do while yeah, the rest she, of you waltz up to the summit, and then maybe you'll come back and see her. Because they're basically saying, like, yeah, there's no way you could learn to be that good that quickly. So you'd only be able to come to a certain point, and then we'll circle back for you after we do the rest of the climb. And John just lets it all happen. Yes. And he would never do that. He was protective of her even from episode one. Like, yeah. Even him saying, oh, would any of you guys mind if Sunam joined us? I was like, oh, how magnanimous of you, sir. Yeah, seriously. So, you know, it's it just makes me... It makes me really mad. Yeah. So they kind of dispense. It's getting late. One guy's like, it's getting late. I got to go. So the rest of them are like, okay, yeah, let's go. See you later. We'll talk more about these plans. Yeah. So finally, John and Sunem are alone. Yeah. And she's and upset. She's upset. Understandably. Yep. And she flat out asks him, John, why am I coming with you? Yeah. And he says, because it'll be fun. And she goes, okay, but what am I coming with you as? I mean, we've done, we've gone to business dinners and stuff because I'm your business partner. So that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but what am I, what am I coming as your, your girlfriend, the love of your life, your fiance, just an employee, like what? And he just stands there and stares at her and doesn't give her an answer. And she goes, you just feel guilty. Yep. And she says, don't do this. You're just trying to finish something that's unfinished yeah. so that basically your conscience feels better about it. Yep. And she starts to walk away and he grabs her and he's basically like, no, Sanem, no, he doesn't want to let her go. They have kind of, he pulls her close. They kind of have this almost nose nuzzly type moment staring in each other's eyes. And you actually think that's where the episode's going to end is like with yeah. them, like up close and about to kiss. But she basically pulls away mm-hmm. and tells him, John, she basically, she's giving him an out. Yeah. You don't have to do this yeah. because 
this isn't how I want this to happen. Basically, I don't, I don't want you to be with me because you feel guilty. Yeah. So that's it. And she pulls out of his embrace and walks away. Yep. And that's how the episode ends. And that's how the episode ends. So basically she's walking away from him just like she was at the end of last week's episode. Yeah. We're right back where we started. Right back where we started. So it's like, what was the entire point of this episode? What was the point of that time on the island? Like this would have been a good time for him. Fine. If these writers are clearly hell bent on not giving us his memory back to at least be like, you know what? Like the more time I spend with you, I'm, I'm like falling in love with you. And I see why I did the first time. And can we, can we build this? Can we build from here? I think even just saying that to her would have meant the world to her. Yeah. And she'd be willing to be like, okay, let's backtrack and start from here. It would have been better than, than nothing. Mm -hmm. Which is what we got is nothing. Right. So that's the second to last episode, you guys. (laughs) Yeah. We have one episode to wrap all of this ridiculousness up. Yeah. And they wasted so, so much time. Mm -hmm. And it was like, you know, someone said not there, there weren't even enough John M beach scenes to make up for basically the atrocity that this episode was. And it's true because we, the scenes on the beach were good, but then they didn't actually move the story forward. Exactly. So it was like, yeah, there's just a lot of stuff that made zero sense. And that whole final scene, they could have literally just made it her bringing him chai and then they talk. Yeah. Yeah. How difficult is that? Yep. Then you're like progressing the situation. You're progressing the relationship. You're getting things back to where they need to be because we all know that this is going to end in a happy ending. So why are we prolonging this? Well, and the thing is, is like, listen, the, let's bring in another woman to make, to be a roadblock or a job. It's so tired. It's so used and tired, you guys. Okay. First of all, that's what, um, what's her face was the model in episode three. Yeah. Our Zutosh. Our Zutosh. And then when Polen comes back, there's a whole stretch of time where that's what she is. And then and we get then, Gamze. And then we get Gamze for a second, but mostly Jada. Jada. Uh-huh. So it's like, listen, we've been there and done this several over times. And over again. Because then they do it with um, Yeet for Sanem. And when she was in her fake relationship with Osman, like it, like, can we, I understand that those things play a plot point, but in the same show, this is just too much. It's too much. And it's, it's just old and recycled and it doesn't bring anything new. It doesn't bring anything new to the plot. So that it's just a lot of frustration. And I understand that like, this tends to happen with DZs because, you know, most DZs don't get a planned ending. I don't know why that's how, I wish they would do that differently over there. Like once the ratings start going down to be like, okay, you've got five episodes, like give them a minimum five episodes. Cause some DZs don't even get like a two episode warning. It's just like, right. Oh, by the way, you're not coming back. Like, so I get that we're luckier than most that we had a two to three episode warning. Right. But I just feel like it does the shows such a disservice when it's like, you've had all this greatness yeah, and then it has to be hastily wrapped up. So, you know, I know we're preaching to the choir on this and you guys all feel the same way, but right. Yeah. So, so question of the week is not necessarily related to the episode or the show. Um, 
basically we've vaguely talked about this, but mm-hmm. I want to know your guys' input on what series, if you could choose a series for us to cover next on the podcast, what would you choose? Um, That's a good question. Because- yeah. I thought since we're coming to the end and we've talked about things, but what do the listeners want? Right. Because I mean, Ashley and I want to talk about something that's going to interest us, but we also want to talk about something that's going to make you want to keep listening. Right. Um, so yeah, cause I think what we've pretty much toyed with is, um, Aisha's new series that she's writing for the summer, but we also don't know if, and when that's going to get filmed, that could, who knows, those could be getting pushed to fall now because of everything going on with COVID. Um, right. and we don't want to take that long of a break. I don't think, um, <laughs> So yeah, if there's a series that you guys think would be fun for us to cover that you would want to hear us talk about, let us know, please. Um, we're trying to shoot for something neither one of us have watched before, um, Uh so that we, that we don't know what's going to happen, which I think would make it more fun because in this instance, we've always known what was coming because we started the, the podcast so late in the series that we had already seen every episode. So Yeah. But if we can make actual real predictions, that would be awesome. Yeah, I agree. So yeah, let us know, you guys. Uh, Email us, comment on any of the social media uh, posts for this episode, because we absolutely want your input. So that's a a really good question. Um, Other than that, you know where to find us. We're all over social media at Dizzy4DZ, Dizzy4DZ podcast at Mm gmail.com. And if you want to join our private Facebook group, Dizzy4DZ's Early Birds, that's linked in the episode notes as well. And I just wanted to give a little shout out, a tip jar shout out. We got our very first uh, tip last week. Yes. Um, So Moran, thank you, you sweet baby angel. And, um, and there was something else I wanted to say too. And now I can't think of it. I did want to give a tip jar shout out though. Uh, cause that was really awesome. And we got it. We met a new listener recently to, uh, Vivian from Canada. We got a handful of emails from her. She just found the podcast and, uh, it was just kind of fun, like chatting with her and again, just meeting someone else who still is falling in love with the show the way we have. So other than that, um, I honestly, I think that's it. There was something else in my head, but I, it completely flew out. Oh, we have a few new, we got a few new reviews on iTunes. So thank you guys. Oh, awesome. Yeah. They're, they were very, very sweet and like well-written and just very thoughtful. So, um, I hadn't read them in a while. So I just want you guys to know when you do rate and review us, we do read them and we appreciate it so much. So thank you. You guys are awesome. You guys are awesome. We love you all. And we'll be back next week with the with the series finale. I cannot believe we're here. Like it's craziness. So all right. Go to shoes. Go to Cal.